4: Good evening all, welcome along to the LFC Trippers Forum. Um, I'm your host Andy Young, in the house tonight we have Joe. How are you Joe?
0: Good Andy, how are you?
4: Good, a bit bit hungover?
0: Slightly, yeah.
4: (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be a long hour. Yeah, (laughs) two days, (laughs) uh, just as I'm working for you anymore.
0: Two days, yeah, just having a few drinks, stress of work and all.
4: Oh yeah, tired around this time of the
1: year, you know. Are <laughs> uh, you feeling a little bit, a little bit better? It was up to me. Me. Hey. Oh, me? I'm, I'm brand new. I'm brand, brand new. new. Yeah. Listen, it is what it is. I don't like the people don't win, I get the Royal Hump. You know, I'm I'm avoidable for about six hours, but listen, then you get over it. That's how it goes. You're
4: yeah, looking good. That's the main thing. And that was yeah, very good. Uh, and I just love that kitchen every time you're in that room. <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll bring finished. it over the tour, Andy.
4: It's it's class, touch of class. Um, you know, when you go into Davos Gaffer, you're just gonna see whopper shit all over the place. Yeah, uh,
2: oh, so. no, it's not like really that. It's
4: not like really that. <laughs> the beer's coming on well.
2: Ah, uh, yeah, get to the barbers yeah, now yeah, before uh, yeah. Christmas. You can totally do it up.
4: Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, look, we have a few topics as usual, but um, I don't think there's uh. If there's anywhere else we can start other than the sudden and the uh, untimely passing of Jared hulier um shocked to learn that today. Um, re- really, really kind of hit me hard this one. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Um it's the for, it's the first kind of major, you know, Liverpool death where it's kind of a, of a generation that we can really, really all recall. Quite well from the very beginning uh, to the very end, you know. We Clemens a few weeks ago, but I mean, as much as you try and relate to it, you weren't, you weren't alive, you weren't watching it, you, you didn't, you didn't experience it. But for Hulie, I mean, you lived every single minute of it, and I just it was quite touching all the tributes on Twitter today because, like that, it's the generation of Twitter everybody remembers them. And uh, it was sad and, and to see players like uh Gerrard Gerard speaking about him and, and all the all the players of that time. Uh, yeah, it was it, it was it's it's a tough one to take. Um Davo, you I mean what were your best memories of Julio? Yeah,
2: look, it's kinda similar to you what you were saying, Andy, like at the age I am like uh, 38, like and growing up point kind of in a household that was more GAA like I like the 92 FA Cup final, I was out on the road playing football, just sticking my head into the house. Are we winning? Yeah, that winning. Then, obviously, the League cup in 95. But like you said there, like, to tell us when you're 18 and you're, you're after having probably, like I said to you, probably from 93-ish time, we United winning everything. And then, like over here in Ireland, a lot of your mates are United fans. So you're getting in the neck morning, knowing the night when you're in school. You never think Liverpool are going to win a trophy. So for two thousand and one, like that, they're just absolutely brilliant memories that really stick. Certainly stick with me forever, because to win them competitions, they were uh, they were worth winning. Probably at that time, do you know what I mean? The FA Cup has fallen drastically away, and, and this, unfortunately the same with the League Cup. But the UEFA Cup that, that that was a fantastic win as well. Um, but yeah, like you said, for for, my, for like our generation, it's really a generation where uh, you're really related to a start, uh, starting to win trophies. And it was really the memory, my biggest memory of probably really kind of going over the trophies was maybe getting us back into the Champions League. And really, because I'd, I'd never experienced that as a Liverpool fan, the Champions League, um, Champions League nights. Um, under the lights, I know wife, the away for Copa, a lot of them know nice knocking Barcelona out, uh, and stuff like that. But getting the Champions League back, uh, some big Champions League games back to Anfield, and we possibly, friends, you could probably as a criticism to him as well. Really, we probably should have knocked uh, Borja Leverkusen out that year. Mm. He took a man off in the game, um, but like that was that was really a thing to, to get a club to get the club back into the Champions League. Uh, it was really a, a legacy that he can be proud of. Obviously, along with his trophies.
4: Yeah, Chris Brax says, um two thousand, two thousand and one is one of his favourite seasons. Devastating news to lose such a gentleman, and like that, it's it's the word that resonates with everyone today across all the tweets and all the tributes. People recall of how much of a of a gentleman he was, and um, how kind he was to people, and and how um, endeared he was to the people of Liverpool. You know, he he taught there um, in the seventies, I think." And he was studying as well at the time and the way he talks about the people at Liverpool, the communities, um, I think he, he visited I think the school might have been in around the toxic area, so quite a deprived area, and he really understood um the club. And I I think that's what what Liverpool fans love so much about him, is cause he he understood them, he understood, understood the CE Joe. Any thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I agree with everything that Davo said there. Any uh, need the tributes today about him of all be, I know people after someone passes, but they all seem genuine and uh, how much a gentleman he was and how outside of football, how how much he did for players and for the area and all. Um, yeah, so it's all any... any like thoughts and memories I have them are all positive actually when I heard the news say I couldn't when I saw he was 73 I was actually surprised I in me in my head or what it mid-60s or something because he was only with Villa I think nine years ago yeah so uh, and then I hadn't heard of him being sick around so yeah it's devastating news and um this he, he did so much for Liverpool and uh, the UEFA Cup is the one memory that sticks out for me um the one moment that I'd always remember when uh, McAllister scored that goal against Everton, his reaction mm. with the, yeah. the big open mouth. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, it's sad, sad news.
4: Yeah, some some really fond memories. And At, at the time, I suppose, uh, foreign managers, you know, were only kind of coming into the league and, and people called them foreign managers. It was an unusual thing and foreign players were starting to be imported into the Premier League and make it such... Such a much better league, but that, like um Avi Hayes, says, he set the foundations, Hulier um for France in the area ninety eight two thousand two and all. Where I saw, let, oh, someone else read that. <laughs> Claire,
2: Claire Fontaine, <laughs> Claire
4: Fontaine too, but. I think for Liverpool, the cultural change that he brought in uh, with with players that offered a little bit different than what we are used to in the English stock of players, and as well the culture changes. I think when up to when he came in, players were still eating chips for breakfast in in Melwood, and still out in the sauce the night before. And um, he brought Liverpool on a, a full generation, I think, by by giving them a, a kick in the arse, and. Uh, and making the club real again, uh, you know, they'd fallen so far behind, especially with the way Unite, Man United were excelling ahead. Um, but uh, P, any thoughts on on how much he revolutionised the club and and how he set the tone for what came afterwards? I think, in fairness,
1: you know, death makes heroes of us all. But in in his case, I mean, you you touched on two very important points: the fact that the man lived in the area. Of, you know, from 1969 onwards, you know, he was fully qualified. You know, you we've seen the influx of foreign players and managers into the game, in the UK in particular. I wouldn't class Jared Hulia as a foreign anything. He was a student of life and yeah. a student of the game. Um, but for me, to be honest with you, and people might disagree with me, but I think the club was falling apart structurally. Certainly, I mean, if you if you read anything that Jamie Carragher had to say or Stephen Jarrett had to say, the club was the structure, of the club was falling apart. Training facilities, everything. He completely, as Abi said, revamped that and and indeed set the f- foundations, probably for the success that we have today. However, you know, there's a flip side to every coin. I mean, there's things that I remember, as you know, Julia as a manager, the treatment of Yari Lippman, and I, I you know, I wasn't completely enamoured with that. Some of the players that we 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 were in for at the time that I thought perhaps he could have made better decisions with. And some of the players he brought in that I thought were quite limited. However, in saying that he did get the best out of some very limited players as well. I mean, Danny Murphy, who I'm not a huge fan of, you know, uh, certainly his punditry, but I think to be honest with you, he he hit the nail on the head today when he, uh, I liked something that he said today. He admitted himself that he was quite a limited talent and that Julien really, you know, gave him a career. I mean, that's probably the biggest you can pay.
4: Yeah. And I think that's, what's important. Like even, even to this day, Liverpool don't tend to have the uh, financial backing that other, other clubs have. So they have to get the best out of what's available. But one, one talent he did develop and one player who speaks so highly of him, one player who, when he was such a young kid and he, he he was losing his way a little bit and and Julier apparently took him into his home. Uh, was Stephen Gerrard. He I seen it a little snip today when he was talking to the BBC and Highway asked him to go look at a player in the under 19s. And uh, it was it was someone playing on the right hand side, but who caught his eye was was Gerrard, box to box, tackling, shouting, showing leadership. And he says, um yeah, uh, I'm taking him with me. And the following day he had him in the foot uh the team squad. So I mean i mean for me it's it's things like that, and the the how he how he backed the club, how he backed the players I, I recall the Fowler celebration when he was when he was obviously taking the piss he was he was after the uh, allegations of slagging and he was being a cokehead, and he went down and he was sniffing the line right in front of the Everton fans and hill <laughs> as he would backed his players even though he looked silly. In the interview, but he said that he was uh eating the grass because I had something to do with um Cameroon and Rigobert song, and uh, so it was, there's some fond memories like you know, like that. And I suppose the, the one that stands out mainly for everyone is the return after his heart condition um against Roma and the atmosphere you got. Davo, do you remember much about it? Davo, sorry, you, you just you froze me there, Andy.
2: Sorry, I missed sorry, it at the end team yeah, there.
4: No, we're talking about the return. So after his after his heart yeah. surgery, he came back early, and he came out to the uh full crowd at Anfield um to be greeted by Capello, gave him a big hug, yeah. and it was yeah. a, it, it was a happy memory. I think it's all and, and the way the the cop um received him that night, he was amazing.
2: Yeah, look, it was. I, I think I read today that I think the doctors advised him at that time not to be anywhere near the game and stuff like that, but. It was obviously a game we needed to win, and not only win, we had to win by two clear goals or, or two nil. So we obviously felt and rightly so to feel that. Listen, me being there will knowing the people as Pete alluded to being in the city for so long, knowing that him coming back would, uh, would give the place a huge lift. And I think Capello showed an awful lot of respect there towards a fella who he obviously knows the stresses and strains of management. Uh, Being in it for so long and knowing that he probably knew that Julio shouldn't have been anywhere near that for his own health, but respected that the man uh, felt he needed to be there to give the place a lift. And ultimately, look, who's to say what would have happened if he wasn't there? And now Thompson did a good job um, as when he was there as caretaker. But listen, you, you'll always want your manager there in the line, especially in a huge game like that. And that's what I was talking about the the European night. That was that was a, that was a massive night there. Um, to have to get the goal, have to get the win by two clear goals, um, whatever it needed to be 2 0 by two clear goals, and we went out and done it. And him being back there was obviously a huge part, and who knows what detriment the kind of paid to his own health. But mm. okay, he took it upon himself to be there, so listen, n- nothing but admiration for him,
4: yeah. I mean, I think that was the season that it was after the treble, and it was, it was, um. It was when we were supposed to really challenge for the league, mm. and that was such an unfortunate thing to happened with his health, and also with as Jono says, there his legacy would have been a lot bigger only for Ferguson and Wenger. Like, mm. that was the that was right in the middle of Ferguson and Wenger having their uh, home dingers. They were two fantastic teams, and maybe we would have got a look in for our, uh, for our first title in probably ten, ten years at that stage. Mm. Would you agree, Joe?
0: Yeah. He Probably, unfortunately, when you look back at the quality of Arsenal United back then, that as, as much he got, I think, the most out of, that's, out of that team. Now, I know Pete alluded to the few signings he made. He he'd made, he made did sign some average players, but considering how strong the two teams were, yeah, I, I don't think, realistically, uh, winning that league. It was, it was probably just... Just a little bit too much uh, for us to go and win the league with them two sides in that era. But uh, overall, looking back, I can't see why any Liverpool fan would have any real negative comments about them overall.
4: yeah yeah Noel Tracy says there didn't he teach in Trinity College too, lads I, I wasn't aware of that um, maybe he did anyone no I
2: don't know maybe he no. went to the Trinity Ball there one year and wrecked the guy. yeah
4: <laughs> but um, yeah I mean he was an intelligent man and th- that's what we have in Klopp now as well they're, they're far more than just a football coach you know what I mean these guys are intelligent uh, they've, they've so much about them and I, I think they're they're the type of people who who are really successful at Liverpool because they know they know what it's all about there and what's important and what what, what they need to do to make them the supporters happy. Um so look it's it's a huge loss uh, to Liverpool and our you know from the LSE day trippers our condolences go out to his family and MA rest in peace. Um Look, we move on. We four topics chosen by each of the lads. Um, it was it wasn't good at the weekend, um, so I'm searching. We were searching for something good to talk about, and I mean the only glimmer of anything good at the weekend was Curtis P Even in such a shit game for Liverpool, he just showed something about him. Kind of reminded you of when we were. Absolutely dire around when Juliet came in, and uh, with so many poor performers, and and they looked on the pitch and you had a player like Jar there coming through, coming up through the ranks. To you, for you, Curtis Jones, P, how good is he? What's the ceiling? I don't think
1: it, and this is going to sound strange. I don't think bringing young players into the force team is about ability, in as much as it is about the manager's trust. I mean you'll always have seven or eight young players who are probably capable of stepping up maybe not replacing first team players but doing a job. I think it's never it's never really about ability especially when you're an operator like Klopp. I believe it's about trust. For example, you'll have young players and I'm I'm trying to think let's well, say for example take Mason Greenwood at Manchester United. He might score a couple of goals you know, a game from Manchester United. But he also might give the ball away and invite Lerley's. He might do something silly. He might try and take on an extra man, which will cost a goal. I think what impresses me the most about Jones is his maturity. And he can see why, even over players like Shaqiri, like Minamino, you can see why Klopp actually trusts him. For me, it's not about what you do with the ball. It's what you're prepared to do without it. And what, what you're prepared to do if you're are you prepared to do the simple things, we all played at some level. And you think to yourself, you know, when you're on your way home, you think, oh, geez, I scored a great goal, or, you know, I've done well there. But what the manager thinks when you're on the way home is, yeah, he scored a great goal, but he also gave the ball away three times. And that's why we lost the game 2 1. I think Jones is one of those players that takes on the advice of older players. It's interesting. I saw an interview with, I think it was, I don't know, with somebody else talking about James Milner. And his influence over Curtis Jones kind of challenging him and cajoling him, saying, Okay, you've got a great right foot, but how often are you prepared to use your left foot? Okay, it's good you can take players on, you know, you can beat a player too. But What are you prepared to do out of position? Can you head the ball? He's constantly re- being challenged and he's constantly reacting well to those challenges. And I think that's why he's in the force team. And people are starting to say, When he's in the force team, they're not missing. They're not talking about who he's replacing. They're just saying it's good that he's here. That's trust. For me, that the the whole thing is about trust. A lot of people will, will talk to you, as I said earlier on, about oh Jesus, why aren't more young players coming through? If you ever want to ask that question, the answer is always trust. Can the manager trust them with and without the ball? And I think Jones ticks that box. Yeah, he absolutely does.
4: I mean, when he came in, um what what caught my eye and probably most people's initially was just the in a positive way, the arrogance is about him, the confidence. Uh, you you knew like he was meant to be there. Certain players, they just they just seem to go into their themselves when they get their chances, but I think they're really, really top talents, and that's even when you sign players, they just hit the ground running. Like straight away he was he was performing, and and that kind of confidence, that kind of arrogance is what I think it takes um to to really establish yourself and and to start saying. I'm not just the young player here uh, who's filling in gaps. I'm actually going to challenge uh, the other fringe midfielders like Naby Keita. Um, like, I mean, if we were to pick our strongest uh, midfield at the moment, as well, up to the uh, rival of Cortes, we're probably thinking Fabinho, Henderson, and Winaldo. And there's all these other midfielders. And maybe at the start of the season, Cortes would have been right down the bottom of those. But now I think. Um, now I think it'd be it'd be hard to drop him. Um, mm-hmm. um Joe, K- uh, Kate has been uh, one of our, our subjects. If, if Phil was on tonight, was going to be uh, mm-hmm. is Navy Kate a uh, pound for pound the worst uh, Liverpool signing ever. Now only Phil could uh, come up with the logic for that one. But a question that was asked before the weekend, I think, because we were expecting Kate to be fit, was who would start? Who's who's ahead now? In the pecking order for uh, Klopp, Curtis Jones uh, or Keita? I, I mean, I think it's Jones. Joe,
0: um, I, I still, I still think with a couple, of, if they bought a couple of games, and we we're looking at the our strongest team, Klopp would pick Keita. Personally, I think that. But like, when, because of the injuries he's got in there, like when we have our strongest eleven out, fifth or sixth choice. Fifth or sixth best midfielder, probably after Fabinho, Henderson, Thiago, Winaldum. He's there or thereabouts with Kata, in my opinion. He's ahead of Oxley, Chamberlain, Milner now. Um, Listen, he's played 13 league games for Liverpool, and I'm a big fan of his. I don't know. Every game he plays, he just seems to get better. His confidence, arrogance, just even the ball. He gets the ball in tight spaces and doesn't panic. I don't know, Klopp obviously. Klopp obviously sees it every day. But just the more we're getting the same, the more he's impressing me and everyone else. He just uh, there's no real weakness in his game. And at uh, 19 years of age, with only 13 league games, like if he gets a run, to, so how good can he be? I don't know. He's he, he's impressing me. I I'm, might be getting a bit carried away, but uh, I think he can go all the way. I think he got he, he could be excellent. You know. Uh,
4: no, I'm not, I won't get too carried away there. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I do, I, I, go on, man, say he's to be better. He's got to be better than say?
0: He reminds me of Zidane. <laughs> 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 yeah. No, but yeah, uh, yeah he's, he's he's excellent. Excellent.
4: Yeah, uh, I've seen a, a couple of comparisons with him, and uh, he measures up quite uh, close to Navi in terms of style. In terms of what he does in the pitch, and you know those sort of key uh stats that both players offer. Uh Brian Murphy says he was never going to go out with alone compared to other players. Uh, management know how how uh he's gonna be a 1st team player, and and that's I, I fully agree. When you have such a strong team like Liverpool and such excellent players, look I know we've injuries as well, and it's, it's opened the door for um for quarters a, a bit more. But but for a player to be kept there and to challenge when you've such a strong midfield, it does it does speak volumes about him. And someone else there says, you know, Klopp, Klopp doesn't see him as a young player anymore. Davo, what happens when they're all fit?
2: Um, look, when they're all fit, I don't, listen, I won't I agree with what Pete uh, said about, uh, obviously, Milner taking them under his wing and all. I won't uh, rehash all that, but Joe was probably right as well. If, when you think of if you write everybody down, he is probably fifth or sixth choice. But I mean, I, I would always be, I, I don't even know if this is too sensational a, a statement around, but I, I would always say, if you can't get on the pitch, you're no use. It's like being bad in the air, bad in your left foot, lacking pace, blah, blah, blah. If, you, if you're not, if you can't get on the pitch, you're no fucking use to anybody. Yeah. So like, um, I think fucking, there was a, an old NFL coach, Bill Parcells, said the best ability you can have is availability. And if you're, like, if you're not, if you can't play, you're no use to anybody. he's he's always fit. He's always fit. He's always available. Kate, listen, we were there, myself and Joe, the West Ham game a few years ago the first day of the season, and he was when we to him and he was absolutely sensational. We all thought, Jesus, what 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 a player we have here. But like he's he's been mismanaged fair enough at international uh, level with injuries and stuff like that. I think, like what Joe said, I think if you if you go through the nuts and bolts of it, we, paid, we, we signed them early and left them on loan because Klopp liked them so much. So I would agree that if they were all fit and had a couple of games, Klopp would probably stump uh over Jones. But I think we, we spoke about Jones a couple, of, a couple of weeks ago before here. And the best thing you could say to me is, listen, he's in that mix. And no matter what game it is, United away, City away, whatever game it is, I don't think Klopp has any bounds of playing him in any game. Really. No.
4: No, absolutely not. He's not he's not concerned. He's not concerned at all that he's gonna let him down. Look, the the Keita thing he, he you know with with of becoming an across a Kata Basher. I mean, I'm not a Kata Basher. I want every player to do well. I think he's extremely talented. He's if he could stay fit, I'm sure he'd be quality. But we pay big money for him, and at the moment he's probably worth a lot of money. You know he could probably sell Cater back to Germany next year and you've caught the chance there and whatever you lose on Katie, you, you've you caught the chance. So there's no concern, but I, but still look, we're going to need players. We're going to need everyone this season with the amount of injuries. We're going to need Katie to find some sort of, uh, form. And when I say form, I mean fitness, uh, the, the most games he's ever stayed fit for or something like six. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, and and that's a great quote by yourself there or not, you, that you just made up uh that old building being. I did make
0: it up. <laughs> you know what? would have I would have Yeah, I would have worked. I would have
2: worked The Phil was on. He'd have loved that. Bit yeah, yeah. A yeah, a bell yeah, a bell yeah but... NFL um, talk. Or surely, yeah. we're going to have to talk about his run yesterday where you nearly scored, no? That was, yeah.
4: That was uh, I mean, that that's it. Like, I mean, and those are the fine margins. I mean... If he scored that goal yesterday, the whole world is probably talking about mm-hmm. him. Liverpool fans. Um but like that, yeah, P on Davos point, availability, um, it's it's a value in itself. It, it, we, it, Al- yeah, Al-
1: yeah.
4: Al- who's um who are probably gonna lose at the end of the season. We should be pulling out all the stocks there, uh to 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 keep an album at the club. To be honest with you.
1: I'm tired of people talking about Kata in any with any value, or any uh, the, the, it's an absolute flop sign. I'm completely with Phil. You know, I'm tired I, I used to rinse Manchester United supporters online. Rinse them for talking about Pogba's fantastic ability for France, the things he's achieved. The, the bottom line, Pogba has achieved next to nothing for Manchester United. Nabika for Liverpool has achieved less. You know, for me I'm I'm with Davo. You know, it's not, it's it's more than about availability. It, it's about you know just do something. He, it just hasn't worked. You know, he might move on, and it might it might be oh why did we sell him? But we've sold him because he hasn't done anything for the club. And you know he give me all the all the excuses, all the injuries, and all the whatever in the world. It's just not. It hasn't happened, and it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Every time he he gets a start, he's off within sometimes eight nine minutes. So, you know, for me. Sometimes it just doesn't work. You have to cut your losses. Yeah. I mean, uh, if anybody came in with a 30 million bid, you'd be saying, snap the fingers off. He hasn't done 10 million quids worth of work, let alone the 53 million that we paid for him. I don't see anything. I, I see glimpses against Bournemouth last year. i see seen glimpses against West Ham. I'm not looking for glimpses. This is Liverpool Football Club. am not looking for glimpses. I'm looking for consistent performance. At 19, Jones has done that 13 times. Kate oh. has done the subtotal of nothing. I don't know why we're talking about him. Above talking yeah. about anybody else, he's just he's just n- not in the picture, not in the frame He hasn't done anything for Liverpool. and you see, you
2: see some, you see some fans today comparing them with with Kaita and genie as if one he'd be a replacement for genie He goes, no, he fucking won't. You can't she get him out on the pitch. She
1: she anyone one of, the of and, and he was made of biscuits. That's as simple as that. Wynaldum is a warrior. He's flying fit. He's brave. He's as good defensively as he is in an in attacking mould. He's a leader. He could be a potential captain. He's at the absolute peak of his career. I mean... I always say this, you know, in jest, I say, you know, black don't crack. You know, people talk about his age. Don't forget about his age. When Henrik when Larson signed for Barcelona, they gave him a medical and they said he had a physiology of a 26-year-old or 25-year-old. I think he was 34 years of age at the time. Genie Wijnaldum has the same type of physiology. Give the man his four years and his money. Because let me tell you, whoever he goes to, will improve no end. And yeah. that's another problem for us. Give the man his money. It's his last big contract. If there's anybody with any sense at the club, if this is another Mexican standoff, this is not like M Ray Chan. This is not the same. Yeah. Genie Buenaldam goes to a Bayern Munich, a Barcelona, a Juventus, and he immediately improves those teams. Yeah, Why on that,
4: earth? That's an excellent point. Look, we've got players like like Kate and like Ox who are who are you know they should be at the peak of their careers and their 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 injuries and like their their, their contracts are four years. James Milner came into Liverpool and now they got him on a free and they gave him a big contract. But it's it's when somebody they're they're aging, but you know they've got loads of years left. On them. Some players are finished at 30 players like Mil- James Miller are still going to 34 no problem and when Adam's going to be one of them uh, look this show is all about the comments uh, from the viewers and if, even when there's a dodgy one we'll still put them up
2: that's a
4: matter uh, so, oh uh, says uh, I think we need to get rid of Bobby Naby Ox yeah. Shaq Divick, and Joel yeah I agree with a few of them I know Joel uh, would probably agree with Bobby yeah. I don't uh, Bo- this- yeah, Bobby Naby yeah, that's,
0: not, that's actually a good point he's making Yeah. Okay. The, only <laughs> one like this, the only one in like this
4: Agree with Matup. <laughs> yeah. Well, look. I think the thing about Matup and Gomez, you can't have two players that are going to be picking up injuries all of the time. Like their their careers are. Matups are a little bit. Um. It, they're they niggly ones. They're 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 ones that keep him out for two and three games, and he's back. And then you have the likes of uh, Gomez who picks up some serious injuries. But yeah, I I just think we need to buy two, um, two. Reliable centre backs and get rid of one of those, whoever it is. Look, Joel's probably the obvious one because he's getting that bit older. And maybe give Gomez a chance to get his career going again. It's very unfortunate what happened. And um, we might get into how the injury happened again. Actually, the co- interesting comments from uh, Henderson yesterday. But anyway, uh, Punk's second part of the comment is for me, Cortis is the Cortis show. Not sure what that means. Passes too late, doesn't make the pass. We desperately need Thiago. Yeah, we desperately do need Thiago. We desperately need anyone for uh, Thiago. Absolutely transforms the midfield and, and makes us a better team. No, no doubt about it. But um, for Cortes to to say he passes too late, nine, you know, nineteen years of
3: age. Now serving. B-24 at DMV window number seven. Okay, Jim. We're next in line. Perfect, Jim. Things are going very smoothly. You remember the cell phone bill? Yes, and the birth certificate. Nice. We'll have a real ID in no time. That's right. Ready to fly to Carla's graduation and then the big game. Real great work, Jim. You too, Jim.
4: Excuse me, are you talking to yourself? Now serving B-25 at
2: window number 10.
3: That's our cue, Jim. Excuse us. Talk yourself into real ID readiness by May 3rd, 2023. Make a plan at dhs.gov slash real ID.
2: No, he's 19. Like I didn't think he'd did a great first half yesterday, but in the second half he stepped up. Like he was the one, cause Henderson was gone back to centre back. He was the one driving us forwards. Um, listen, the first like uh, from the times I've seen him playing, I think there is times he needs to play with his head up a bit more. But like I just have to say, he's 19. He was he was basically if you if you if you look at the game yesterday with the lads who performed quite poorly, which was uh. A lot of them. barred Allison. I thought Fabinho was decent. I think Allison was excellent. Think we lose if Allison's not playing there yesterday. But Outfield was like he drove he drove the team on, Jones. He was the one in the second half, driving the team on, getting him the ball uh, to try and make something happen. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Raquel May, to be honest with you. I know Joe was going uh, Zidane there. He kinda reminds me a little bit Raquel May, that kind of labour, kind of run, but mm-hmm. has all has all the skills, giving the ball in the tight space. Wouldn't get, he wouldn't lose a beach ball in a phone box. He wouldn't, I wouldn't say. Yeah, so, yeah. kind of reminds me of him a little bit. But ah, listen, he's 19. There's going to be games where he doesn't play well. Like, but listen, he's yeah. a he's he's a mainstay of that squad.
4: Oh, yeah, I think you're dead right. It's the way he, it's the way he floats around the pitch. Mm. Um, kind of low center gravity. His feet never leave the uh, leave mm. the turf too far. You never know really what his feet are going to do so quick. Um, but uh, yeah, look, we'll um. Before we move on, uh Stefan Mack is always shouting at us, so I want to read out a show. Uh he wants to know who did Gomes, who did Gomez in the England squad. His money is on Sterling at Pickford, and I want blood. Hardy
1: Kane, I <laughs> I've been I heard it was Hardy Kane.
4: Yeah. It's it's interesting. Like Henderson said yesterday the manner in which it happened was 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 quite difficult for him to take. He's letting it slip. I yeah, he wants he wants people to know we're questioning, and um, the story up to now um, has been that it just happened out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, that's, was it not that's initially?
0: A, was it yeah? That's a disgrace that it happened on a, on his own.
4: Yeah, I mean, if they, if they're trying to peddle that story to protect the player, it's it's absolutely horrific. I mean, what are we saying that that Gomez is it just he just explodes when he's running now on his own? I mean, what are you trying to say about the player? Like, look, things happen in training. If a player if a player put in a nasty challenge in training, he should be disciplined or left out of squad or whatever. But it was an accident. You just come out and say it was an accident. And for the player himself, he would come out and, and, and apologise. I think, I think Arlott Southgate
1: okay. was far too quick to come out and talk about the fact that he was on his own when it happened, for him yeah. to be actually on his own. Um, I, there was obviously a challenge, and it was obviously somebody... For whom whom is already in the spotlight, and as the English always do, need to protect my money. That's why my money's on Kane. You know, at the end of the day, people are talking about him, as you've covered on the show already, ducking under the ball, making it back for people. You know, nothing surprises me with that sleeving cunt to be quite honest with you and <laughs> um and i don't i don't use that term i hate that word but that's the word that gets banned off youtube well <laughs> but, but, but nothing surprises me with him I'll be, and i'll be honest with you it's sickened me this week to watch people go on about oh the what about me about the other things that he does that we won't discuss now we've already had a show based on it doesn't you know P- coupled with the fact that Jose Mourinho is now his manager and who was instructed everybody to be CUNTS's, nothing surprises me. Nothing surprises mm. me. Uh, after Van Dyke's injury, a week and a half after Van, Van Dyke's injury, to be honest, you know what? I wouldn't, I wouldn't lose any sleep if somebody went through Harry Kane for a shortcut and put him out for six months, to be honest with you.
2: I'd accept. I'd definitely accept that there was something weird about Henderson comments, but I'd find it in this day and age, I'd find it very hard for something like that if something happened for it not to leak out
3: somewhere. <laughs> no, like the
2: English, the English, now maybe they've learned, and maybe I don't know. Do you know what I mean? I'm just, I'm just saying. with the way the English press is around the around the the national team over there. I'd, I'd find it very hard to believe that something didn't leak out. But, but I have to say, Andy, I do agree there is something a bit strange about them, them comments, or maybe there is yeah. something there.
4: But look, uh, Dan Jay is probably being a bit more rational than the rest of us, and he says he doesn't believe anyone injured Gomez, and a lot of the England players were distressed, but happened And Henderson was just reiterating that. Maybe. Then why say it all? Think, it it so, could, do you
1: know what? Could, could,
2: could, it. I could, I could be, could be uh, lying into maybe that... It could be that bad an injury that he doesn't know whether he'll ever get back. That could be something along and them lines with Henderson. I don't know. Listen, I'm not. I know we get plenty of Twitter doctors and surgeons and all to tell us what way things are going. Oh, we have no idea, but well, maybe that's a way to to look it at the Henderson thinks Maybe listen, this fella's going to struggle to get back.
4: Well, um, I know that tendon injuries don't tend to happen just to, um, just out of blue like that. It's normally from a bad fall or a bad tackle. Uh, your tendons don't tend to get weak over playing loads of games. You, you pick up muscle injuries, tendons, and, um, uh, ligaments. It's, it's, it's normally tackles. It's normally clashes. It's normally your leg going one way and your weight on another. Um, so it's surprising that you could be just running along unless he had problems with tendons before, but it, it seemed like it seems a bit strange. Anyway, we'll move on. Um, one thing that the media wanted to remind us about in that coming up to that game and you just fucking knew it was going to happen was our, was was our away from, and uh, well, we've five games now without a win away from home. I don't know. I haven't been counting away in homes this year at all because there's their neutral grounds. Okay. We've got a, we've got a, a crowd there at Fulham, but our away form, Davo, you've researched it. You've you went away and spent
2: yeah. hours, uh, traw- hours, <laughs> hours as in the last 15 minutes before we came on. Listen, I just had to. I'm not going to start bombarding people with stats and all that. I was just kind of a little bit of context that I, I was looking for in regards to, to the away form. Obviously, Sky and, and other media are kind of peddling It is one man from six, but it's one defeat from six. Um, obviously, the can we took at Villa Park, we've had four draws. Um, one in the Merseyside derby where unfortunately there was a, a an offside by an arse cheek or whatever it was um, we're a minute away from beating Brighton two minutes away from beating Brighton then uh, they get a, a VAR the, uh, penalty decision but it's not even that I kind of just went back to last season to have a look as well because the, 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 it's being peddled kind of that Jesus we've to fall off a cliff kind of away from home and listen it, it obviously since um I kinda of went back and looked at we'd obviously won every game and then we we got we got a bad beating at Watford away from home um because all the Arster fans were jumping up and down after that that we weren't gonna go invincible. But like so we lost the Watford game. The following the, the the away game after that was Everton where we drew nil all. Um then we lost the City after and, and then and then the cut off point came where the league was won. So basically when when teams were on it, we lost to Watford and Drew with Everton when when, when uh when we were full pelt and everything. Now, I don't have an issue with anyone saying, listen, there's still, and Klopp obviously came out after the City game, where we did take a tank and say, no, listen, the boys were absolutely on it, and the focus wasn't, but we all know, it, human nature, when the job is done, you drop off that few percent. So, up until we won the league, we drew with Everton and lost, with Watford away from home. Right, so then after that, we lose to City. We lose to Arsenal in the game where Arteta's own we are playing them off the park, and there's a couple of own mistakes from uh, Robertson and Allison. We end up losing the game. Their tails were up anyway. Arteta was after coming in, um, and then we finish out the season away from home, winning uh, comfortably at Brighton and Newcastle before going into this season. And that just kind of brought me into. Uh, I kind of looked at that. That kind of brought me into this season, looking at the players kind of are missing, namely just obviously um, Van Dijk and Allison. Like, we, we, won, we won 14 away games last year and eight of them were by one goal. Now, obviously, Alisson wasn't there for all of them. Um, Adrian had the deputize when he missed uh, five or six league games. But, that, like, that's a huge margin. To win eight, that's, like, that's over 50% of your away games are winning by a goal, having Van Dijk there. And mm. um, we flip onto this season. It's going to been, it's going to been a little bit different. It's going to been, we've struggled. Uh, we obviously only conceded. Uh, we've only conceded... Four even seven, and uh, since Van Dijk has been out in the league, but um with Allison, like we've conceded nine in three games and he's not been in, and it's been nine and nine when he has played. So it's just kind of a flip. I kind of just went into looking at it. It just basically shows how. Listen, you you can have a goal. You can have a goal. The you can have a go at the team. The away form isn't what it was. I, 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 listen, the facts are there. Nobody nobody can dispute that. But I just, I just kind of went back just to kind of have a look and put a bit of context to it. That's all. That's not. Listen, like it's, it's not falling off the cliff. We're not absolutely horrendous away from home. A couple of things have gone against us that weren't going against us last year. But also, we're down best goalkeeper. In the world for chunks of that time, and the best centre I have in the world now till the end of the season. So, just a bit of context there. Like I said, I'm not going to start bamboozling with with stats like that. I know that's not really our thing here, but just wanted to (laughs) put a bit of context on it. That's all.
4: Yeah, no, that's I think the best point you make there is the the fact that there was a huge portion of those away wins where by one goal. And as Sam says there, um, if you're Losing more games you'd be concerned. We've drawn far and fine, fine margins can't make the difference. And the fine margins, like having Van Dyke available, or like having uh, Allison available for all those games, they're the margins you need. Chris Brack also says, a few fine margins have not gone, gone for us this season, which is a uh, our for limited sub-options, which could have helped us in the results. So, uh, are your away form as much improved this season? Yeah, there you go. Last year <laughs> um, in the Champions League, the away form shit. So maybe... Maybe it is a thing with this team. They just prefer playing at home. Klopp has them conditioned in a certain way, that they're more comfortable doing what they need to do when they're at home as opposed to when they're uh, away. So maybe it's too early to be worrying about how that f- away form continues on for the rest of the season. Does it concern you, Joe?
0: Yeah, it does concern me. I know Davos gives good points there and he's done his bit of research, but... In that we've dropped eleven points in the last five games away from home. And uh, the six away games we're, we're on um seven points this stage last season, same games we we're on sixteen points. So we've dropped nine points more after six games, which is worrying. If that keeps up, we're not gonna win the league. And then we're saying but we don't have a dike, we're not gonna have a dike for the rest of the season. So what, what does that say? We've had our our three three main attackers fit, which people have said a lot of arguments. Well, if we have them three, we'll outscore everyone. We've had them three, we haven't been outscoring everyone. So yeah, it is a concern. Um, will it improve? I think it will. But so far, it's just not good enough. And I know the point with Brighton, the, the last minute equaliser and all, but still, it was a penalty. So yeah, I would be concerned it dropping 11 points in the last 15 available away from home.
4: Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, there, Joe makes a good point there about the the front three not scoring. Look, we're used to Bobby not scoring too many goals, but when uh, when Mané not as prolific as he normally is, and when Salah's not clocking up the goals as he normally does, um, it's it's going to be hard to win games, especially away from home. P, I thought Fulham were were fantastic. Like they were so um full of energy. Maybe it was what the the fans back in the ground brought, but the intensity of them. They were forced every ball and I just look at that, you know, the decision for the goal where Salah kind of makes the most of a push on the back. I think if, in the context of the game, Fulham were never going to be given a free against them in that situation because they were just showing more aggression and Liverpool were being too afraid. Um, so it, it it was just, it was one of those games that the team didn't perform well, but maybe last season, Salah's magic or Mane's magic just crops up. So, your thoughts on that, Pete? The front three, unless they start firing now or someone takes the the games with a scruff in the neck up there and starts scoring uh, between Mane and Salah, they normally dovetail quite well. But at the moment, it's just not well, them.
1: For, for some reason, Sadio Mane's off the boil. I don't know. I don't, you know, everyone's entitled to be, have a court spell, but he's off the boil. But in saying that, you're talking about 15 players between the start of the season and now have been unavailable was 15 players who, who could arguably be classed as fourteen team players and to still be joined top of the, of the Premier League listen Liverpool are gonna, Liverpool react very very well to to bad form in fairness but I've always thought it would be a problem it's always a problem with every side that wins something or that wins a, a, a trail it's always you become everybody's cup final I mean Fulham Fulham hardly put up a performance against anybody this season, but Albert Lukeman looked like you know, what some of our fans think uh, Naby Keita is on Sunday. So you've got to consider that. It's, it's it's two things. It's learning how to deal with being absolutely everybody's cup final and getting just that rhythm back where people are available, that confidence, that that depth, um, the, the squad depth is back. And I mean, the bench on Sunday was horrendous. Don't even want to talk about the options that we had to come off the bench. And players are aware of that listen that's as bad as we're going to play against anyone and we get a point at a tricky in a trickier way fixture no matter how anybody look, uh, wants to look at it we will improve people will be available Dyke, obviously and we will go on another run of maybe 10-12 games where nobody can touch us again fully confident in that the front three have to do it you're right Salah has to step up Mane for me has to really step up you know he hasn't for me, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about his form. You know, is there something going on there behind the scenes? Don't want to theorise, but you wouldn't know. And it's time for Bobby. Now that Jota is out, it's weird saying that. It's time for Bobby to chip in with a goal or two. Mm. But I think we'll go on a little run. We need to put it up to sports tomorrow, um, on Wednesday night. We really need to to lay down a marker because Jose will come to, to, to shut up shop. So we need to def- we're going to re- rely on being able to break them down, to be honest with you. But I'm confident. I'm confident
3: Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.
4: Yeah, look,
0: it's just since
4: since Klopp has been, there's always been players that stepped up. And with with Jota, was that player, you know, while while the Mm. front three weren't in, when Jota was scoring every game, and it's so fucking unfortunate that he's added to the injury list as well. Um, James Dardy says this season could be a write-off, but Klopp and the team have a still in the fight. Um, no team can get six or seven big uh, injuries to um, players to win things. Yeah, he's dead right. Like, there's Liverpool joint, top of the league. Um, if a couple of the other games had went their way with marginal decisions or marginal moments in the game, we could be five, six points clear on top. So it's amazing to think that maybe our fortunes do change in terms of injuries. Um, the front three start firing, and our different players step up at different times. We could find ourselves come. Christmas or the New Year, uh, with a considerable lead at the top, so all's not lost. But um,
2: I think, you know, sorry, Andy, I just think that the probably at one point is missing the couple of defensive options. Like remember our, the Arsenal game this year, and Arteta just basically came out afterwards and said Van Dijk and them balls over uh, them sixty air balls over the man. They just said, look, you can't defend them, and we've obviously yeah. Trent has missed t- Trent missed a month. Uh, Van Dijk being out means Fabinho goes back in. You I know now we've had bodies to come into midfield, but I think that all effects probably are scored in, in a funny way. But that you're down uh, the defensive players, it, it probably can affect the front tree as well. Not getting the not getting the service, not getting the patterns in play that they used to with the other ones there. So, could be yeah. something in that. That's <clears> off.
4: <throat> yeah, no, dead right. I mean, the, the diagonals weren't working yesterday. Uh, Henderson tried a few, uh, they were, you know. Uh, Williams tried the a few. They, they they just weren't happening. Trent himself. I think the difficulty when you play against a team who kind of sits five players um across the back when they're defending is we don't seem to be able to get the ball in behind or get the ball into space for Mane to isolate his man or Salah to isolate his man. So look, that's that's just the symptom of being champions. People like you're under a microscope, they're watching your every game. Um, they're studied more than any other team and Klopp just needs to come up with the the ideas to to win these games and that's what we're going to move on to is uh, one man uh, I do want to see come back into form is Jurgen Klopp. I'm a Mm. huge admirer of Klopp um, as everybody else is I'm sure but I, I, I do have a particular admiration for him that's outside of football as well and it's his leadership and it's his intelligence and I think at the moment uh, football is getting the better of Klopp. I don't know whether he is agree or disagree. I thought a few weeks ago when he was questioned by Des Kelly, he was set up badly. Um, they were working on that line of question all week. Klopp mm. was got, uh, off the ball. I think in future he needs to just um, is to not feed into them, is to not make it as many excuses as he's been making. Uh, and just... Big leaders, you know, and I think he is a big leader. I think he's, you know, recognized around the world of football and outside of football as well as leader is a as a massive leader. But in times of diversity, in times of challenges, in times of um uh, adversity, I should say, with injuries and things not go decisions not going away, leaders step up. And I, I wanna see I wanna see the smile back in Klopp's face. I wanna see him getting the better of these assholes in the media, which he normally does. He's normally well able for them. And I just think that um some of the pressures are shown at the moment. Uh, I'd like to see the, the comments flying in about that as well. See the people agree me or disagree with me. I love Klopp, but I just want to see normal Klopp back. Um, Davo, what, what have you made of Klopp's demeanour and <laughs> the way he is at the moment?
2: Yeah, look, I, I, I think... Like... Mm. I, I, I the force the, the the BT one with, uh, with Des Kelly the previous week Solskjaer was the force manager to bring it up because he basically had said they were in Istanbul we were set up to lose were his words by coming here and and whatnot but the, the thing that we all need to remember and probably obviously clubs needs to remember he's he's a like he's a he's a huge fish compared to Solskjaer as regards in the media so he, he it's like he came out he gave Solskjaer a bit of a um, he actually gave salt he defended United. Um defended United kind of a little bit. But me, the media always like you were saying, that that line of question would have been set up with BT all week. Um and listen, he did buy at times. I didn't th- I personally didn't think it was as bad as some people. Like others, Klopp was making his point, like Des Kelly obviously was making his point right. He saw, well, listen, you need to go to your CEO, and that's fair enough. Like I've no problem saying someone saying, listen, Des Kelly got the better of him. I didn't I didn't think Klopp had a meltdown or a Kevin Keegan bomb. <laughs> like that. I just think that that that's how he just basically said how he felt. He obviously got set up, BT would have been gone with that line of questioning all week. Funnily enough, I listened I've listened to a couple of his press conferences, uh, not with the television media, but with the written media after games, and he's fine. There's absolutely no issue. He's kind of Still kind of back to his best. He doesn't have any issues dealing with them. Maybe it's a, a television one television media t- that has got under his skin. But I also heard over the weekend it was it was referenced that Solskjaer and Pep only made one substitute each in that game. So there is kind of an undercurrent coming from the coming from the media. It's all, I think it's obviously stemming from this operation Big Picture, where they think these lads are trying to take things over. Klopp is saying, obviously he alluded to that I'm not like Gary Neville when Neville said on Monday night football, listen Klopp is just trying to get an advance for Liverpool. Klopp said I'm not like Gary Neville, I'm not. He's concerned about the players and I I genuinely do think he's concerned about uh, player welfare. But yes, look, we would like to see him uh, get back to his best as you, uh, for want of a better word with the with the television media, but if I was him and he and he felt like he's not getting heard, I would probably be just batten down the for me, I'd probably just try and batten down the hatches maybe and give them as little as I can. Maybe he doesn't want yeah. to do that because he thinks that might be seized upon then. Because listen, they don't yeah. really go after the yeah. pet because they if you ever see a pet press conference, they he treats them with contempt, he fucking yeah. hates them. And yeah. then Salt's like I said before, Salzgar is kind of small for Oye as in managerial terms anyway, even though he is at a huge club. So I don't know, maybe Klopp doesn't think that's the right attitude. But um, yeah, look, we'd like to, we, I think ultimately we'd like to get this narrative off the table that it's club against the rest of the league on regards five subs and player welfare and fixtures. So I think mm. we'd be, we'd be all better off or Liverpool football club would be better off if that narrative was off the table.
4: Yeah. Look, Jono says it's hard to smile uh, when you have 15 injuries every week. Yeah. Spot on. Can't feel sorry for yourself either. Um, I'm not. I'm not having a go. It's natural. I think Klopp's biggest strength is how <clears throat> he's an emotional man. He's an honest man, and when things are going well, he's going to show his happy emotions. He's either up there or he's down low, as as all emotional people are who feel every moment. And you know that's just Klopp's nature. Um, but you just you just don't want to see, uh, want to see it kind of setting into the team and the team feeling sorry for themselves and and the the team not feeling the effects of of uh, of Klopp's kind of motivation. You know, if he's if he's um if his mind is elsewhere and fighting with Des Kelly. I mean I, I like when managers treat the media with, with contempt. I used to love when Kenny did it. Um at the end of the day, they're not your friend. They'll pretend uh they're being nice to you and they'll take one question out of context and they'll print something else or they'll say something different. And there uh, so I, I'd have I'd have, I'd prefer if you grabbed there uh, Des Kelly by the throat, you told him to get the fuck <laughs> on my face and uh <laughs> and don't be giving me shit. Uh Joe, I know if you are getting interviewed by Des Kelly, you'd have gave him a loaf.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would have <laughs> Yeah, I I just uh, think Andy, all this the last couple of years we've uh, just been success winning every week, fifty thousand people at Anfield every weekend, uh, just everything, and then you've this season this year has just couldn't have gone any worse but with with the injuries, a slow start, these VAR controversies, then the. He's after he has an issue. He's made his point. But I think it's time to move on. It, it, everyone knows he wants the five subs. He's made it. This thing with Des Kelly. I I thought it, he, he let himself down a small bit, no big deal. But um yeah, I, I just think I just think now he's made his point. And everyone's just used to Klopp smiling and being this full of life character. So when you see him not like that, it's just it's unusual so people do i not get worried but just maybe wondering what's going on but i don't i don't think it's a big deal i just think just everything this season just got on top of everyone with 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 everything that's gone on and uh, yeah it's time to move on and uh, maybe stop even send out pep there to do these interviews and stop entertaining mm. the likes of des yeah. kelly because they're like that they're, they're setting them up they've done the research and try it's it's difficult for him to come out on top down when he's maybe not in the best of form or whatever
4: yeah yeah look at uh, De- Derek uh groom i think that says give it a rest andy for folks say yeah Derek. we're only having a chat relax you know what i mean no point in being a psycho about it uh Come on next week if you want them. We'll have the chats. I'll I'll uh, give you a there. But (laughs) point taken, (laughs) I'll I'll give it a rest. Uh, Maybe I'm going on about Klopp and reading too much into it. I just want to see uh, Klopp back to his best. Don't know about the rest
2: of you. There was a question there about Harvey Yellip being recalled, Andy, whether we thought he was going to be recalled. I don't know. What did the lads think of that?
1: No, he won't break his rhythm. The young is in a fantastic rhythm right now at the level he's playing at to break it to bring him back to the squad to have ten minutes here, fifteen minutes there, not gonna happen.
4: Yeah, uh, Avi H says Andy's a dead ringer for Dead Kelly. Uh, he's, he's right true. as
1: well, you know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
4: Avi, th- 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 those sort of comments will get you banned. <laughs> so for the first our castar funny. Um Derek's the only one that needs to give it a rest. Uh uh uh, <laughs> anyway, look, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. he's our gas. I uh, was going to say the C word, but no, he's a gas, fuckers. Um, we have one more topic to discuss, and it's the Champions League draw, of course. I think we're going to win the Champions League. All this form at home and away and the league and all, it's it's tiring the refereeing decisions. I think it's one, one place you might have a bit of joy in this year is the Champions League. But we've been drawn against a difficult team. In uh in Leipzig. And uh Joe, tell tell us what's gonna happen in the Champions League. You're a Champions League uh correspondent.
0: Yeah, I watch a lot of football, as you know. Um Yeah, I I think when you look at the runners runners up we could have got um it, it's it's almost that's perfect for us, I think. This is just the same team that lost to United 5-0 in Old Trafford last month. So I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be, they're not the side they were last year. I, I wouldn't be, I know they're doing well in the German league, but now I wouldn't be have any concerns about them. And I think I'll agree with Andy, I think uh, I think it's set up here for Liverpool to win it again. Uh, all the top European sides are struggling. I think I read today, not one side left in the Champions League is winning their domestic league. Yeah,
2: no, is, no, no favorites. I top you.
0: Yeah, thirteen of the Europa League sides are winning the domestic leagues, which is a mad stuff. But um, yeah, I think apart from Bayern Munich and City, the rest of the usual big clubs, Spanish clubs, and all are struggling. So I, I think it's wide open this year. I'd be confident we win the double. Yeah. yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah
0: that's one of the 47 bets no, <laughs> it sounds like
4: uh, we need a new addition to the Kenny Clouts <laughs> uh, Harry uh, says do you think Chelsea can win the Champions League and he's he's been very kind to give us a super chat for that Pete
1: no um, I think in order to win the Champions League um you need to be able to defend which is why, strangely enough, I think Atletico Madrid are genuinely in with a shout this year. I think the the one side that don't seem to be suffering, they seem to be able. They they have a consistent way, a consistent plan. This could be the year for the team with the plan. You asked. You, we spoke earlier on about Leipzig. I think Leipzig don't have a plan B. It's like Leipzig Nagelsmann reminds me of Klopp when, when Klopp took took over Liverpool first. We were 3-1 up away at Bournemouth and we lost the game 4-3 because Jurgen Klopp, in my eyes, didn't seem to have a plan B. It was like, we just keep attacking, we just keep attacking. Leipzig lost 5-0 to Manchester United because Nagelsmann doesn't seem to understand that he has to change the way he plays against teams that want to sit deep and springboard on the counter-attack. Now, it worked at home against Manchester United. They you know, they blitzed them for 30 minutes. Then they it a little bit. I think this is the perfect tie for us. As far as winning is concerned, think we can go far, but this is the, the competition where you miss the best defenders that you have. Or rather, not even the fact that they're the best defenders in the world, or rather, Virgil um, van Dijk is. That set way of defending, this is this is what the Champions League is about. That's why I think Atletico Madrid, if we don't win it, as much as I hate saying it, I think this could be their year. They just have a way to grind things that teams down. They're doing well in Spain. They don't give much away. It could be their year. Yeah, I haven't been
4: watching too closely, but they were poor on Saturday against Real. Did you happen to catch a pee?
1: Yeah, listen, uh, when when a derby like that, everything goes out the window. They were a bit unlucky with the, the what is classed as an own goal, and I think that really knocked the wind out of them. Uh, listen, things like that happen. Uh, if if Atletico were not they aren't feeling pressure, or if, if they if they if they haven't played you midweek, maybe they've got more wind for that. But you know, in 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 the Madrid derby, anything can happen. You know, they could win the reverse fixture four or five now.
4: Yeah, uh, I I held out much more hope for Leipzig in the the first game against United. Davo, um, and United make up made absolute shit out of them, and I was thinking to myself, what's happened to them? Are, are, are they are they shit anymore? Are they are they now like a poor team? Um but as Jano says, United turn up for ten minutes and, and nearly got something a against them. That's true. They're not they're not the team they were really, are they?
1: No,
2: listen, obviously losing a player like Werner obviously makes you um <coughs> makes it very, very uh would make it very difficult in any team from, from what we've seen of them. They don't they don't really it's kind of they kind of play with a false nine, they don't really they don't really play with they don't really have an out and out centre forward. Um the game at Old Trafford, from what I've seen, I just watched the BT goal show, I couldn't put myself through ninety minutes watching United. Um the goals they conceded were stuff you'd see in fucking Walkinstown Park, you know what I mean? Like the two lads around the halfway line. I don't rate Lupa Meccano and now uh Grizz likes him and stuff like that. Anytime I've seen him, I think he's fucking useless. Um, it just makes poor decisions. I think uh, canate beside him is probably slightly better. But they played a high line at Old Trafford, they played on the halfway line against three of the quickest forwards, probably in Europe or, or, or three super really, really quick center forwards. And they got eaten alive. And uh, Pete is right, uh, they came out, blitzed them for a half an hour. um the in the second game, and then listen, they were they were. Listen, they were lucky and unlucky. The penalty United got was dodgy. How the second goal was given, considering it goes in off Maguire's arm. Um, listen, VAR, who knows what way that's uh, that's going in Europe? But listen, the the, the thing about the, the the Champions League is it's obviously the draw came out today, and we have to do our bit of talking, bit of predicting, but. I would be very, well, obviously hopeful is the wrong word considering how injuries are going, but Jesus Christ, I would be hopeful come February comes around that we have a, a lot a lot lot stronger squad available than what's there at the minute. Obviously, Van Dijk is out for the season, but and Gomes, but regardless of them, get our midfield players back. Who knows if we do a bit of business in January, but get our midfield players back so we have a full complement in midfield and that gives us an awful lot more options. Uh, going to that game, yeah, I think it's, I think, uh, I think it's a good tie for us. I think, um, I think defensively we're a lot stronger uh, than you know and I think, um, I, th- I think we'll get through. I think we'll get yeah. through.
4: Yeah, Brian Murray says um, if Vanfield has the fans back uh, and we get a new new defender in January, uh, we could go all the way to where he has to be in Munich. Yeah, I, I agree there. It's going to be in the new year. There's going to be changes where it's it's a couple of months from now. Uh, hopefully,
2: would, I'd be more confident. I always think with the Champions League, Andy, the last sixteen is huge, and if you can get through the last sixteen and into the quarterfinals, the next thing you can start seeing a route to the final. I would be more confident of us getting from the quarterfinals to the final than I would be getting through the last sixteen. As in, I think if we can get through the last sixteen, I think I say to myself, "Really right, fucking game on." I can, you can see a route to the final. The last sixteen is the, it's like a tricky one. Get out, get, get, get over the hump of the last sixteen, and then. Um, and then I think it really opens up for you, especially when, when we're such a good site.
4: Yeah. Um, Dylan S says, I hope we at least sign a centre back in January. I think it's it has to happen. Uh, I, I can't <clears throat> imagine a situation where we don't go in and just uh, pay the premium it's going to take to bring someone in that would have been brought in in the summer. It needs to happen. I, I just can't see it any other way. Um. Prayag says uh, what's George Clooney doing there I see he means me thanks very much Uh, (laughs) it's better than Des Kelly definitely so uh, Prayag, you're going to stay and uh, Avi H you're getting banned Uh, that's being decided tonight Um, can't ban Avi I like Avi no Avi's good good lad Um, look we'll we'll, kind of wrap it up Uh, we'll just talk about Wednesday sports massive game sports seem to be just okay look they're level on points with us, but you'd nearly think they're they're the team in form, the way Son is playing the way Kane is playing, they seem to have a huge threat there and, and just it's going to be it's going to be difficult for us no matter what way you look at it Joe
0: Yeah well I, I know I've beaten on this about the last month or so and I'll, I'll stick to it, I still think when it comes down to it Spurs, it's going to be between ourselves and Spurs, I think they're the side we have to worry about, obviously if there's an injury, to Son or Kane it changes everything, but at the moment they've got lucky with injuries and it's they're just so solid at the back of the midfield, if they go 1-0 up they're almost impossible to score against It's just like the Mourinho 10 years ago I am genuinely worried about them, if they keep everyone fit and if Bale gets a bit of like Bale is going to will eventually get in that side and start scoring goals. So they they have everything, if they stay fit, and with the injuries we've had, it could be the year they win it. But um, as for Wednesday, yeah, I, I wouldn't be, I'd expect us to draw. And I'd say both, both sides will be happy with that. We're not going to win. You can log that.
1: <laughs>
4: uh, Chris Brax says <laughs> log it. Chris Brax says I look like Dave uh Sp- I can't believe this is torn into a show about who I yeah. look like. There's
2: there, Andy's on more Jeff Reeves. <laughs>
4: uh, I'm looking at there, spiky Uh Chris, I'm gonna knock you out. <laughs> um so far, I, I prefer the George Clooney one, and uh, Des Kelly actually than that one. Um Yeah, yeah. fuck you, <laughs> uh, P. Uh, what score are we going to win on Wednesday?
1: We're winning a two-one, but we yeah. need, we're going to we're going to need that early goal because I think I one thing I do agree with what uh, Joe said. <laughs> <That is funny.
4: laughs> I'm going right. <laughs> to. I'm going to turn off your um, uh, camera now if you don't give it a
1: listen. <laughs> One thing I do agree with what Joe said besides the day point comment, is the, the fact that if they do, if Spurs get an early goal, we're in trouble. It's not like Spurs under another manager, but they get an early goal and you know they'll crumble at some stage and we'll, we'll get something. You know, they're they very good on the break. We will have the lion's share of the possession. We know that. We know the way Joe's able to set up, but we're going to need the early goal. And I think... The way things goals have kind of dried up, Jose will fancy sitting in against us, which might play into it, which might play to us. Um, so I'm going to say 2 1. An optimistic 2 1.
4: Yeah, Rajiv says Andy looks like David Easter. Have a look at David Easter. <laughs> yeah, there's some good pictures of him on the internet and then some really bad ones. Uh, Rajiv, you won't win <laughs> another prize in this channel if beat <laughs> that shit up. <laughs> uh, all right. Avi H says Joe looks yeah. like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, he does. Yeah,
2: <laughs> right, said Fred. Yeah,
4: yeah. Or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but look, yeah, they're um, they're all funny there in the comments. Now, fair play these lads.
2: Comment are flying, In fairness, yeah, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> no, I hope this doesn't become a regular section. Of who yeah. Andy looks like.
2: yeah. yeah, get your yeah. pigs in.
4: Yeah. yeah, yeah, dickheads. Anyway, double um. Liverpool are gonna win what score?
2: Uh, yeah, I think we're gonna. I'm gonna go for two. I, I, I say we'll win two one no matter if we're playing Fulham, or Kidderminster Harriers, or Spurs. Yeah, I'm gonna go two one. But I'm a little bit worried about it. But I'm gonna back. Uh, I'm gonna back the lads to come back to farm. Mane and Salah um, and Firmino to to really come back to farm and to to get us the, get us the win. I'm hoping Matthew is fit to play because I don't know whether he'll go. Would he be tempted to go Henderson a centre back against Kane because he knows him from England, or would it be you're down to you're down to Williams or um I can't who's the other or th- Phillips? Yeah, Phillips. Sorry, uh, you're down to either of them two. I'm not sure whether he'd go for that with Kane and um, and Son there. Not, yeah. yeah, I would probably say Williams would probably be the one if if he was he was going to go for it, but I think um. Listen, I'll I put it this way. I think we're going to have to play very well uh, to win the game. I think the performance levels will have to be a, probably the wolves at home and and probably a little bit more to win the game. But I'm, uh, I'm backing the lads to, to come back in the front three to come back to farm and for us to nick to a win. 1-0 or 2-1. Yeah.
4: Yeah, look, I'm never going to say Liverpool are going to get any, anything other than a win. Hopefully, up is back. It was, seemingly, it, um, it was back spasm. So... There's some good drugs out there to help uh, your back stop spasming. And we need to, uh, yeah. Pleasure, Pleasure. Yeah, look, we I mean without being too too hard on players like Matthew who tend to be out for little games and Loverham was the same. You know, come on, come on, lads. <laughs> we need you this season. You know what I mean? With enough players out with uh, with knees blown up and uh and and like you know. Ligaments falling apart and tendons, so just fucking play through the pain. Uh, the the pain. We leave it there. I think. Uh, otherwise, it's just going to be more uh, comments about who we all look like. Um, uh, Jacob Jacob wants to know what the lineup is. I mean, I don't think it's any. I don't think it's much different from Fulham lads. No, I think uh, just yeah. centre a half is uh, the
0: main issue. Are you- as Davo was saying there, I'd be amazed if Phillips starts. Son will just play off his shoulder, and mm-hmm. he destroy him. So mm-hmm. I I'd, I'd probably expect Anderson to play play there, and the rest of the rest to be the same.
4: Yeah, look, if if Phillips plays, we're going to play a little bit deeper, as we've seen every time Phillips uh, has played. And look, I think he's been excellent. He's got a physical presence that that he you know can. Oh, cane. Might not find himself close to him and, and and someone might be trying to play out of him But I'd have no problem with Phillips playing. Anyway, we need to win. We need to go clear the top. We we'll leave it there. There's laws on this week. Uh, there'll be the midweek fix, which I'd, I'd imagine is going to be uh, a reaction to the Spurs game, and then Friday night the um, the show as well. We'll fill you in. Keep uh, Thanks for uh, watching and comments. To all your. Funny bastards tonight. Uh we'll we'll see you on the forum next week as well. Thanks, Joe.
0: Thanks, Andy. Cheers.
4: Yeah, sure. Uh last night you didn't even remember me asking you coming on, so uh <laughs> very glad to you. Pete was uh, it was a short note was fill in for oh, Phil himself. Who, bro, uh,
2: keep the lawyers happy
4: for they the were, Yeah, <laughs> they were excellent. Choosing. Thanks, uh Dabo as usual. That no was re- Andy.
2: No re- swear. Re- regular now on the forum. Yeah. Joe enjoy your trying to sleep tonight now you would be roaming around <laughs> roaring in the middle of the night
0: <laughs> I know I'm dreading it
4: oh stop put your foot on the ground that's yeah. what I always do anyway I've been your host uh, Des Kelly uh, good night and God bless
3: let's do this fast your cousin from Boston Sam
2: Adams summer ale is brewed with a hint of citrus perfect for a hot summer day like this one end a commercial it's peak tanning hours, dude. I'm out. Sam Adams Summer Ale. The Boston Beer Company.
3: Boston, Massachusetts. Drink responsibly. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a
0: triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying.
3: The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money.
0: Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor.
3: Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.